looking for. From the land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast. Because you're looking at the Saitama Saint, the Osaka Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. Oh, but wait, there's more. Tonight, you're going to get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the ombre with no nombre. He's mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Uno. That's right. You're listening to one of the three Hogsmen. Duke couldn't make it tonight. He said he'll be here next episode. And neither could Devin. Devin is MIA. But you know what? I went out and uh, I recruited a, a substitute. I got my boy Chris Terry. What up, Yo. dog? Yo. Said, uh, hey, I need somebody to sit in and, and talk to about things that are going on in life. And Chris happened to hit me up. And I was like, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. And he said, I'm doing the podcast. And I was like, cool. I'm like the the Dudley Boyd, or no, what was it, the APA? I'm like the APA of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> people don't show up. I'm your hired gun. Come yeah, in and, yeah. and pop, the another, pop the numbers, brother. Pop the numbers. But anyways, you're listening to Southern California's Numero Uno Pro Wrestling Theme Podcast. Brought to you by Ten Barrel Brewing. Pub beer, cheap fun beer. What's up? Chris, what up, man? Saw you and your girl actually went out this weekend. Yeah, went to uh, we did two places, actually. So Friday, we went to Normal Heights. And went to, uh, I, I mean, if people are familiar with Normal Heights, it's, I guess, what do they call it, a neighborhood of uh, San Diego? Sure. Um, and went to a restaurant called Rabbit Hole. So it was cool. You know, they had like like the 25% capacity or whatever. Did mm-hmm. a real, real nice, maybe a 15-minute wait. Um, met up with some friends there. And then Saturday was the, <laughs> was like the hurricane of shit shows. <laughs> so we went to Mission Beach to go eat at Cannonball. It's like this sushi place. Mm-hmm. I don't, and we were surprised. We didn't, I guess, I guess it was all go, all all systems go on going to the beach in, in San Diego because like every person in San Diego was there. We drove around for about 15 minutes to find parking and we just got lucky. So we get off, uh, you know, we get, we get out of the car from parking, go outside with our masks on. Literally the only two people in a sea of like thousands wearing masks. <laughs> and everyone's like right up on us. We had to wait in line for like a half an hour to, to even put our names down to get into the restaurant while everyone's like walking in between us and bumping into us. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's just like the most, it gave me like the worst anxiety I've ever had in my life. Really? But I mean, I guess we'll know in two weeks. If <laughs> <laughs> Did it feel good though, garbage. man, to like actually like get out? Like, was that your first time like actually getting out after the, like, you know, what are we on? Week 13, 14 Dude, of quarantine? Something. Yeah, something yeah. crazy. Uh, so are we? So is that your first time, like, kind of getting out and, and going to do something with the with the girl and all that? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, you can't really count Target and Walmart, right? No. Or Vons or whatever. Um, like I went to the comic book store last week because that was open, but even then it was like I was straight there, and there it's a comic book store. There was like me and three other people, and they're in this huge warehouse. Yeah. So I wouldn't even count that, but yeah. It was it was nice though. It was nice to see my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just nice to be out. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I think 
it's just we, we prior to all this like the quarantine stuff i think we took a lot of things for granted mm-hmm. yeah you know like what you know just your day-to-day routine what you go do for fun yeah um like things are finally starting to get like it seems like a little bit more back to normal for me like the gym's just open back up which is awesome uh i just came from uh practical karate my karate class i do boxing there but it's just oh, nice. I was gonna man. say you don't look like you do kicks there. Nah, dog. I do. Uh, I do boxing. I, mean, I'll, 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 I mess around. I mess around with kicks every once in a while. But it's just Stop it's something fun. Pads. <laughs> it's just something fun to do. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's right down the street from my house, so that's cool. But it, you know, it's just it's nice to like get back in the routine that I had prior to all this quarantine stuff, where you think like, man, I'm so busy, I never have enough time. But then you go, wait, I chose to go to the gym i chose to go to my boxing class i chose to go to my yoga class yeah and wrestling class and all this kind of stuff you know so it's nice to to be able to do that i actually i just booked my first yoga class for tomorrow night which is i'm pretty happy you know excited to go do that just get back to normal man Mm -hmm. i uh this weekend um i did a sunset hike with my wife uh cow's mountain Mm -hmm. yeah i almost i almost had to throw up the signal flare Dude, on the way down, it was getting real dark, and my wife was like, "We're gonna go this way," and it's like through like this narrow trail where all like the it hasn't been cleared out lately for like the past however many months. Mm -hmm. So like all the brush is like, you know, like overgrown. Yeah, and it's starting to get real dark, and I don't know what kind of nocturnal animals are in that area. And I know people are probably like, "Oh, there's no mountain lions." Cool dog. I'm still looking over my shoulder. Yeah, one hundred percent is out there. I used to live like right down the street from Cal's Mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'm not like you though. I, I tried Cow's Mountain once, yeah, and I was wheezing like a quarter of the way up. And I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as good shape as you. So. Seriously, man, it's it, it's like uh, it's like uh, I, I have the same like kind of like almost. I, I I like to body surf, right? So the past few days I've been able to body surf, go out in the water, and I'll psych myself out sometimes. You know, you're just out there sometimes waiting for a wave, and you're just kind of treading water and just hanging out, and then you're like, is there a fucking shark around here? You know, like you're out of your element right and if you're on like cow's mountain i kept looking back because i was i was in the back my wife was leading with my two dogs mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm the one the motherfucker's gonna go for if there's a goddamn mountain lion on this mountain right yeah. or anything like I, i'm the one that's getting taken out and uh I, you know it's just i kept looking over my shoulder like i ain't gonna get fucking you know you ain't gonna get the jump on me so uh we could do reverse that. Reverse yeah, that. I don't know, I man. Brainbuster. I've been working my headlocks pretty good. <laughs> but uh, so I did that, and uh, we made it down safely. And uh, and then uh, it was a Sunday. Went to the beach, did some body surfing. Dude, I got to cut this hair. Got to cut this hair. I went out. It was pretty like the 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 waves were pretty rough. The tide was going out, so the uh, rip current was pretty rough. But I had fins on. I'm straight, right? And I lose my hair tie, and so I, I catch my first wave, and I come out of it, and my hair is all—I was getting like waterboarded by my own hair. I'm just like, <laughs> and like trying to get it out of my face, and I'm like, I know I hate that problem. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know. But I, I went in and I, just, I told my wife, I'm like, I, I'm getting a haircut. I'm getting a haircut. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, but uh, so that. But I've been able to. Uh, body surf the past couple of weeks and yeah. that's good man I, I just love getting out in the water yeah it's I'm not nice. a beach person so good for you yeah I'm glad you got your <laughs> your beach time in but I love I love going to the beach right now but I just uh, I actually ordered a um, what's it called like a hair cutter what do they call it you got a flow bee 
<laughs> you know about the flowy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like sucks it up. And like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, vacuum cleaner. No way. I don't have enough hair for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my hair was getting long, man. And then um, I, my, my fiance one day was like, "Hey, I'm gonna dye my hair pink." Like, let's do yours. I'm like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it." <laughs> but like after like two weeks, it started like coming out. Just like, real, <laughs> real gross, man. And then I, my uh, actually my hair cutter didn't come in yet, but I had like a beard trimmer. Yeah. And so I just used my beard trimmer, which was like great for cutting my hair. I didn't. I actually thought I was like, man, this thing's gonna pull my hair and like just fuck me up. Nope. Put the little the little guard on there and just went to town, dude. Looking, looking high and tight. Yeah, man. I mean, it's easy when you got the hairline all the way. <laughs> Speaking of, so fiance, mm-hmm. what is it? Two months ago, three months ago, when you were first on this uh, podcast, Yo, yeah, you yeah. you're supposed to get married, yeah, right? Is that long ago? That yeah, was it, was pretty, podcast? it was pretty long ago, man. Bro, it seems like a missed opportunity. We're on, I we're on. Those numbers were huge. Big numbers. <laughs> we're on episode number 22, I believe, right? Damn, 22? That's crazy. XXII. XXII? Yeah, Sweet. Like, like, what was I on? What episode? You know? Like the third or fourth? Dude, that was 20 weeks ago. But anyways, you're, you were planning on getting married. Yeah. This year. Planning on it. What date? What was the date? March 21st. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Friday before is when everything went down. I was at work. Oh, my God. So, this is what happened. Thursday. Like, that whole week leading up. Like, the, I guess it was like the the week of the 14th. Friday the 14th. It's mm-hmm. not that week. Everything was getting kind of serious about COVID and everything. So, we were like, damn, like. You know, we don't want her parents. We're talking to her parents about not coming out. Like, we're trying to figure that out just because, like, they they have, like, heart conditions. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we don't want to risk that. And then her sister, it kind of, everything kind of just fell into place. Like, her sister goes, my work just told me if I go out there and come back, I can't work for, like, two weeks or whatever the quarantine is. Yeah. Like, they won't let me work. Yeah. But then the next day, Friday, was when they were, like, everything shut down like I was at work and, and my, my work was trying to figure out like what are we going to do because they just this just sprang out of nowhere and then um, they're like and that's basically when they were like you can't have any gatherings of X amount of people yeah and and so the whole COVID thing a week before my wedding God. just just destroyed it it was cool because everyone was everyone, all of our vendors and everything were real cool we didn't lose any money or anything mm-hmm. um, everyone was real nice in that regard but damn man that was a real like kind of gut punch oh to yeah not, to now be able to, to marry my soulmate like the next week yeah you know? ex- especially like a week yeah like a week on a week's notice basically like yeah. that sucks man um, although I think uh, you know everything happens for a reason yeah so it's cool we're getting married in the same exact spot next year have you guys already set a date for next year or is it yeah so it's the it's the the same Saturday oh. it's just like a day difference yeah. like March 20th or whatever um I mean it kind of worked out because I was like man I did not get in shape for my wedding that <laughs> so now I got a <laughs> I got like a whole year to make up for it which I've been doing good um we, we actually yeah we we've been trying to work well she's been she's been working out I've just been losing weight because mm-hmm. I got pretty it's getting pretty hefty up there um, but yeah, man, this COVID thing just just wrecked our lives, yeah, bro. I yeah. mean, but it is what it is. What it is, what you make of it, right? Yeah. Where uh, did you already have a uh, your ring purchased? Like your ring, not hers, but your ring. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we had everything, man. Dude, you want some veteran advice? What's that? You go on an Amazon dog. You get them like twelve dollar rings. Oh, bro, I already got a ring, dog. It wasn't that much. I went to Kohl's, baby. Oh yeah, how much you? How much, you want? I think um, I spent twelve dollars on my on my wedding ring, dude. I. I mean, I think it was, I know it was less than 100. Nice. But we had all kinds of coupons. I, I feel like it was, I don't think it was even, maybe it was 60 bucks or something. It yeah. It was a cool ring too. It's, Thing is, man, like, you know, I, I, you hear about people losing their rings, right? Just like something happens that's lost. Mm-hmm. I don't want a $500 ring. I don't even like wearing jewelry. And so when it was time for me to get my ring, I had somebody tell me they're like, yo, go on Amazon and so I went on Amazon they're like $12 I was like dude I'm gonna buy like four of these things that way if I ever just lose it it's you know like okay it's cool and dude tell you the truth, I got, so I got married in, in Cabo right Mexico yeah. on the way back I lost one of the rings I don't know what the hell happened to it and so I was like okay whatever I still have another one like yeah dude I, I, I can't do yeah. I can't do that stuff man can't yeah, do that I, stuff I think for being you know I guess being the with the husband in it or be just being how we are as men mm-hmm. I hate to use that I, I don't want to sound misogynistic or anything but <laughs> I just think it's just more of like a like the the sim, I, I know for me personally it's not about the the value it's more about the symbol and the fact that we are married mm-hmm. like I like for instance I had her convinced for a whole 30 minutes that we would just go to the courthouse and get married that's what my wife and I did 30 minutes, dude. 30 minutes. But, you know, she's like, I, I couldn't do that without my family here. Because they're all in Pennsylvania. And yeah. I was like, I understand. I, I have zero family, so it doesn't matter to me. But I just want to marry her. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, for her, the wedding and stuff is important. So, I'm like, okay, that's important to you. But as far as, like, the ring, I'm like, I thought the ring was cool. I'm like, oh, plus... It was like sixty bucks or whatever I paid for it. Yeah, we had coupons galore from Kohl's. <laughs> and Kohl's was like my favorite spot for like a few months, man. It was dope. Um, but you know, like it's it's you know, I know for me, it's it's less about the value and like the monetary thing behind it, and more about like what what it represents, right? Yeah. Um, and I would like to say that about everyone's significant other, but I don't know how they, you know. But I know, I know Caitlin is like, she wants a, I mean, she wants a ring that she likes. Yeah. And it's not about it being a thousand dollar diamond. Cause I've seen some $8,000 diamonds that are ugly, but people are still like, it's money. Dude, you, know, you can whatever. show me a $50 ring and a, you know, $7,000 ring. And I wouldn't know the fucking difference. Same here, dude. But like, that's like, so I, I'm not like a jewelry person, right? I've never, I've never worn jewelry. Uh-huh. And so I, I always like i never really wear, wear my ring mm-hmm. um just because it's like i kind of like i don't like the feeling of it being like on my on my uh finger mm-hmm. if, if if we go out on a like a date night or anything like that yeah i'll wear it you know yeah but uh and you know people have always asked like you know like oh why don't you wear it and all that kind of stuff it's like listen i'm still married yeah if i got this motherfucker on or not yeah you know like if you there's some cats that are like oh you know you don't want to forget that you're married it's like what the fuck are you talking about? Like I'm not gonna forget that I'm married. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's like if that's a bigger problem because you probably exactly forget, if you're forgetting that you're married, you yeah, you're married if you had a ring on or not. Yeah, exactly. You know? Obviously, I need to wear a ring to like keep back all the all the let all the women know because they're being down my door. Actually, uh, <laughs> truth be told, it actually makes you more of a target. I mean, you know what though? I ain't trying. You, you know, it's one of those things where it's like. 
So like I said, I, I know I'm married. Yeah. I'm not a scumbag. Yeah. You know, so whatever. It's going to be a target. It's going to be real hard to hit. Like, like not at all. Like, not at all, man. Yeah, man. But, no, marriage is a good thing. Marriage yeah. is a good thing, dude. So, that sucks that that happened, but, hey, you know, at least you got, like, you're able to, you know, move it back. You know what I really feel like I, I felt pretty bad for? Obviously, the people that have passed away from COVID, right? Yeah. That yeah. sucks. Uh, but, like, these kids that, like, graduation, you know, like, these once-in-a-lifetime events kind of in your life where it's like, hey, you graduate with high school, uh, graduate from high school with your friends, you know, you have, you know, you have that night of, you know, celebrating with them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You got them kids that have just turned 21, you know, and it's supposed yeah. to be like that fun night where it's like, hey, you know, I'm allowed to drink now and all that kind of stuff. Those like once in a lifetime events, sure, yeah. you know, like that, that sucks that, you know, they have to be postponed or, you know, kind of, uh, all, it was alternate like uh you know you gotta you gotta change it up a little bit you know i, th- I thought it was fun a lot of these kids during the uh, the quarantine they were making their houses into nightclubs and they'd have like their friend check their id and they'd be like club quarantine and all that kind of stuff and it's like that's that's awesome you're making the best of it you know but yeah it just sucks man i had a great 21st birthday my 21st birthday was two days long sick bro i mean mine was like a whole month long yeah yeah because uh it was too great <laughs> and like alcohol poisoning. I, um, so growing up, I know I didn't have I didn't have a, any alcohol until I was twenty one. No shit. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I Just say smoke, no. You know? Just say no. Um, obviously, uh, the dare program worked for you, dog. Yeah, I guess so. Nah, you know, not to get too heavy. My mom was an addict. Mm. Um, you know, she she actually left me, like just booked out when I was seventeen. So I've I've been on my own since I was seventeen. No shit. Yeah. Um, so I think that contributed to it a lot, you know. Uh, I also was like trying to be all like, it's my, my body's my temple and stuff, which you wouldn't guess because I wasn't exactly like working out and stuff. Like I, I've always been kind of, you know, kind of in that spectrum of I could be in better shape if I applied myself, but you know, whatever. Anyway, but that night on my 21st birthday, man, my friends went buck wild. Someone got me a necklace with 21 different liquors uh-huh. and I sure did drink almost every single one of them damn yeah it was like little you know yeah. like the little sport yeah. ones or what they call them? not sport ones little shooter bottles shooter bottles yeah. or whatever boy I had it coming out of both ends for like a week a couple weeks straight man and then yeah dive it for, didn't stop me from drinking after that though I, I kind of felt like I needed to build up my tolerance that's <laughs> diving straight into the deep end yeah I, drinking that much I learned how to swim right yeah, just me right in the pool I but. guess it was sick my my uh, my 21st birthday so my birthday is July 4th mm-hmm. and it's 2003 I turned oh, 21 so you're going to be wrestling at the Del Mar Fair this year <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm waiting to hear from, I'm waiting to hear on that booking yeah, yeah we all are <laughs> <laughs> but uh so July 3rd was Ozfest uh-huh. down in um, Chula Vista at the oh, yeah. amphitheater. Okay. So I, I used to go that, to that every year. And I uh, I would walk up to every um, little beer salesperson and I would just show them my real ID. And, you know, obviously it was still 24 hours for me to turn 21 or, you know, 12 hours. But they were just like, meh, fuck it. And they would just serve me right there. So yeah. I was at Ozfest all day. And then when I got home, I lived up by state, um, and my my uh, roommates they were at a bar called Effins. That's right down off, uh, the street off Elkhorn Boulevard. Oh yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know so it well. Yeah. I got home around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. 
they come pick me up we get there around midnight door guy goes go on in man have a good time dude just ripping shots drinks all that stuff woke up the next day went down to the beach partied on the beach dude the, that so this is the last time i ever uh did a uh, beer bong uh-huh. so i used to beer bong like 40 ounces and all that kind of stuff yeah when i was a kid because i wanted to be like a savage so we go to this house party and they go uh somebody found out says oh it's your birthday cool and they have this it's, it's a uh they have a beer bong coming off the second floor yeah they load that thing up with five beers and i was like fuck it dude i'm gonna do it you know hit and i do it i i i start drinking uh the beer out of the beer bong and i literally felt like my stomach like like uh like my stomach lining like open like move right from all like the the beer coming coming in so fast like expanded right my like stomach lining like expand yeah that's gross man. oh my god it freaked me out bro so i i meet i finished it because i'm a man and threw it down and i just walked away and uh my buddy comes walking up to me and goes you okay and i go dude that wasn't cool man that wasn't cool it just happened like I, something just happened in my body bro and that's the last time I've ever done a beer bong. And then we went out that night and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> also, it, obviously, it didn't hurt you that bad. No, 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 it wasn't about like you know, like it wasn't about like the alcohol like fucking yeah, me yeah, up. Yeah. It was about like the feeling of like yeah, my yeah. my stomach lining like expanding at a very rapid rate, like yeah, that I yeah. felt it. And uh, anyways, yeah, I went out yeah, went out that PB. night in PB and had a good time. And oh, PB loved it. man, loved I got a it. I got a story about PB that I can't tell. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to think how I can tell it without naming names because these people are kind of I guess famous now does it involve fighting no uh uh I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it involves fighting I, I'd say their names because I don't think fight like like fighting's bad yeah. but fighting's not like it's not the worst thing that can happen no I mean it's not like you know you get kicked out for fighting like oh whatever you guys were fighting whatever you're wrestlers like you know what I'm saying like I, I don't I don't oh do this is when you were a worker you're 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 oh yeah 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 man i guess i was i forgot i forgot i even wrestled (laughs) (laughs) i guess i did but this yeah i guess i could tell the story you do you modify it however you need dog without um naming any names so (laughs) you can use fake names too i use them every once in a while I'm trying. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to not to like use fake names to give it away because they're famous now. You should use their indie names. Yeah, like <laughs> oh, Bay Mephirio. Like no, you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's not. He's not in the story. But a mutual, a mutual person we know very well. Uh-huh. Um, hit me up. This was like I want to say, it was Memorial Day, and I was living. It was when I stopped working on movies in L.A. and I was kind of transitioning back to San Diego. So I was staying at my family's house in Temecula, my stepsister's house. And I was like up there alone, like not cause they all left. She's got a family or whatever. So he hit me up. He's like, yo, like, um, this, these dudes that I know from ROH are, you know, my boys, whatever coming into town, like they want to hit up like PB and all these places. Like they're going to be staying with me. Like come down let's like, let's rage, whatever for three days. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, I ain't doing shit. Like, let's do it, right? Um, and so we, uh, I'm almost, I'm almost like, I, I'm try, it, it, the story may be, I'm, I, I'm trying to get it good without saying who it is, okay? <laughs> so 
So we go to we're, we're at PB and we're like just drinking all day for like three days straight. Uh-huh. Like it's all good. One of the dudes who I who I met, um, we got along really well because we kind of have a similar like f- like family like dysfunctional family background. So that was cool. Um, one of the guys is like one of the the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. You would never even know. Mm-hmm. And the other dude is exactly how he is, which is not not a bad thing, right? Um, so we're drinking, raging, whatever, being being irresponsibly responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in, I think a short club. Is short club the two two story place? Yeah, right like, on the water. Yeah, so we're in there. We are a couple hours in drinking, whatever. All of a sudden, I hear, yeah, <laughs> yo, we gotta leave. I'm like, why? Well, so and so was. <laughs> was doing coke in the bathroom <laughs> full disclosure I don't do any of that stuff uh-huh. none of that stuff drinking is like as far as I'll go okay and I was like I was kind of mortified but kind of like why well, okay alright and we went to like the next place and we were, we were all fucked up man fucked up I don't know how we got in but that was kind of my story I guess it's it's kind of hard to like. Yeah, I know. You know, you, you don't know. want to bury anybody out of you know. But just, yeah. Every time PB is just wild as fuck, God, and that, that that weekend was one of the funnest weekends I've ever had, regardless of getting kicked out because one of the homies was in there doing things I wouldn't do. You Ripping know, rails. Yeah, man. God, but uh, I remember this. I, I used to catch people doing blow all the time when I was nightclub security, and uh, this one time, man, we brought this cat out and. Uh, he was being nice as can be, but he was just, you know, doing blow in the bathroom. And uh, we brought him out, and he, he's, I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're obviously doing something in the in the stall that you're not supposed to be doing. And he goes, yeah, very honest guy. And he just, he pulls out a bag of cocaine, man. Like, a, it was a lot. And he hands it to me. Like, he just goes, here, man, you can take it. And I'm like, bro, I don't want, any, just leave. <laughs> here, take it. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this, man? Like, Sorry you know, like, I'm not the cops. I'm not going to confiscate this. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, man, you, you just hold on to it. Just, you know, go somewhere else, bro. But yeah, man. I feel you. I, I just don't, I guess, okay. So I'm saying like, I don't see the appeal of that stuff because I don't do it. Never tried but it. But it's probably because I don't do it. Yeah. So I don't know the appeal of it. Never don't try to it. find out. But hey, man, you know, people's got their, their things. So. I, like, uh, when I said earlier, like, just say no and dare worked on you, I think yeah. it kind of worked on me too, man. I think because I've never had any, uh, you know, like, urge to try anything yeah, like that. Same. Like, I've smoked pot when I was younger, and that's about it. That's yeah. about as hard as I got, man. I just wonder, I'm like, I, I often think about that. Like, why? I mean, besides my mom thing. Because like, mm-hmm. I didn't really know that she was an addict until I was, like, older. Mm-hmm. And I was told by other people that were around, mm-hmm. you know? Um I think, I think Dare was a big thing, but it also makes you think about the other people I know who are in Dare with me. Yeah, yeah, and aren't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> aren't like that. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But I, I also was like really into like comic books and superheroes and stuff. And it, you know, it's always presented as like, oh, that's bad shit. Like, don't do that. So I often think that 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 helped with my mind being like, yeah, don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. And like also loving RoboCop growing up my whole life and seeing this full blow. <laughs> I just blow people away. I'm like, yeah, I like RoboCop. 
I don't want to get blown away by RoboCop, so maybe I won't do this weird drug that's in RoboCop 2 or whatever. Nuke. Yeah, Nuke. <laughs> I just watched RoboCop 2 the other day. It's that's, so good. Dude, it's, it's so good. It's funny how, like, so the one is, like, ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. Two is, like, they clearly were, like, hey, we need to make something a little bit more, like, mainstream but not and kind of make it so we can sell toys. Because the 80s were real weird. Like, they would yeah. have cartoons and toys of stuff that's, like, rated R. Yeah. Um, but it's also... It's almost as if the... Because they had those weird commercials in that one. Yeah. In RoboCop yeah. 2. Like, yeah. right, right in the movie structures that one with about the car alarm that, like, shocks people yeah. to death, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost like the people who made part two watched part one... And were like it took everything that they weren't supposed to from like they, they what they got out of it wasn't what you should have got out of it. Mm-hmm. They kind of were like, oh, this these this like one commercial. Let's do a bunch of those. Like let's make this kind of goofy. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and kind of like I don't know, kind of it's just like they did what they they kind of were trying to make something more. I don't know. Less, less. It, it's just. I don't know how to explain it's, it's, it. It's just classic '80s shit, man. It is. It it's is. Just, oh, it's just. It's just. It's just fantastic. But, That's all I can say. It's fantastic. Well, part two kind of, kind of sucks. I, like, I dig it. I, still I mean, dig it. I watch it, but it. And they made him like really blue for some reason. He had, like a really blue. Yeah, light. that's right. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, but it's it's part three is horrible. So didn't they? But, they do a, a, a. They didn't. They, didn't they do a current one like a? They remade it or something like they that. They sure did. I can't, sure I can't remember if I saw it. Was it it's, dog shit? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people say it's dog shit. I'm more of like I was entertained by it. Mm-hmm. I try not to be too hard on stuff. Yeah. Um, although I thought the design of him was real weird. So he was all robot except for his like left hand. So he would look, you would look at him and like you know, he had like the face, yeah. right? But then his like left hand was just a normal left hand kind of creepy yeah it was just but it looks dumb yeah like it was kind of just a weird aesthetic like it didn't really work and they show him in the movie in the new one like what's left of him and it's 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 just like that left hand and like (laughs) (laughs) like his brain and his like face and stuff and they got you know they get rid of a bunch of of his body parts it's like kind of crazy but like Gary Oldman's in it and he's great um do you ever see Watchmen yeah, the dude that plays Rorschach is in it. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, Kelly from uh, Bad News Bears. Yep, yep. He's in it. He's great. He's in a lot of movies lately. Yeah, he's in that. Uh, I just hit you up about that. Alita, the Battle Angel, or is he in that? He's he's the uh, the big jacked up uh, cyborg. That's him, dog. The big jacked up. I gotta watch it again because I haven't yeah. seen it since the guy that's the shooting the uh, little things out of his hands. Yes, that's him. no, yeah, Jackie Earl Haley, something like that. Yeah, I think that's his name. It's Kelly from Big Bad News Bears. Though. Yeah. Um, but it's movie. but that RoboCop remake is kind of it's I don't know they, it's like almost like so it's how I look at like those Christopher Nolan Batman movies yeah. where they try to make things too realistic and give everything a, a fucking reason when it's like just be ridiculous Batman's ridiculous you don't need to be make it realistic what's the point of making it realistic what's realistic about a guy becoming a robot what's realistic about a guy dressing up in a bat suit you know embrace <laughs> it you know and that's like that's like kind of segueing kind of getting off the rails here but yeah. you know I don't think we were ever on the rails so. yeah that's true <laughs> when you watch the Marvel movies they don't play things realistic at all and those are great no. man yeah. those are great and 
you know, I just think there's two. We're living in a day and age when movies that come out, there's no vagueness. There's no kind of like thought behind. Like, there's no nothing in your head to be like, well, we don't have to explain everything. Mm-hmm. They want to explain every single thing and have every single thing laid out. You know, like when you. <sighs> It's just like in RoboCop, like that remake of RoboCop. They had explained every single function behind every, all the science behind all this. Yeah. And they're like so worried about making the science make sense. I'm like, this science won't make sense anyway because it can't be done. So why even try to make it accurate? I hate, like, I hate that shit. It's like, uh, it's like when you and I were kids watching RoboCop, Terminator, all this stuff. Yeah. You just took it for what it fucking was. Exactly. You weren't like, oh, there's a plot hole here. It's like, nah, fuck that shit. Yeah. Oh, I need to know exactly how this, uh, yeah, this, yeah. this, 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 the technology and the science behind this yeah. robot from the future coming back into the past. And yeah. I need to know like the math equations. It's like, and It's like, no, uh, this is the future. They told, they have this technology in the future. That's yeah. all I need to know. That's, that's exactly. That's all I need like, to this know. This dude's covered in flesh. It's not beyond, <laughs> you know, it's not beyond like belief that this dude came from somewhere where he doesn't belong or whatever, uh, you know? I, you know, I, that was like a big like pet peeve I had for like a long time is I hated all the remakes they were doing, you know? Like, oh yeah. They, Cause it's like, yo, just because this shit was awesome back in the eighties, early nineties, it's because man, it it, it 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 was awesome for what it was, the time frame, mm-hmm. you know, that it was it was put out. Yeah. And then you see these remakes and you're like, it's dog shit. It's dog shit. Yeah. You know? Uh except I'll say this, and I held off on this one for a while, Mad Max Fury Road. Well, that's not a remake. But that's the thing. I thought it was a remake. I thought they were like, Oh fuck, they're gonna try and like remake yeah. this shit. So then everybody's like, It's badass, it's badass, and I was like, Yeah, whatever. And then when it came out on like uh on demand and I watched it, I was like Fuck Probably. man, I can't believe I missed this, missed out on this in the theater. Like yeah. that's one of the best movies I've seen. Like, like that's a, a good fucking movie. Man. And who would have thought? Like a, a yeah. two hour chase movie. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And that's the thing with like, uh, with that movie, right? I mean, it's not a remake. It's kind of a sly way to like reboot it because like the, with the, with the thought behind it, it's the same director as the original George Miller. Oh really? And everything. Yeah, he I wrote it. Um is that all these Mad Max movies are just stories about Mad Max. So you're kind of getting it from different perspectives and you don't know, like there's never going to be one, like you got different actors. It's kind of like James Bond, you know? So you get different tales of like, of like Mad Max. So it can kind of go on in a sense, like for as long as they want to with whatever, however they want to do, you know, but that, but I, I I agree with you. There was a time when they were just fucking like, Oh, this was popular in the eighties. Let's remake it. Let's strip everything that's good about it. Yeah. And take like the like, it's like it's almost like people were watching the trailers, never watched the movies, but watched the trailers for the originals and made a movie based on the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like so bad, dude. And, and I'm I I kind of think that Hollywood's getting over that a bit. I hope um, so. Uh, because those movies end up sucking and not making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, although there are a few remakes that I I do I do like, like The Hills Have Eyes. I thought it was I great. Thought, I didn't know they remade that. Yeah, um, the guy named Alexandra Alexander Aha Aja. You can, you can say guy. the wrong name right now, and I'll believe it's yeah. the real one. It's good. It's a great movie. Um, that Evil Dead that came out. Nah, it's never fan, fantastic man. That's a uh, um, Army of Darkness stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they it was, but like you ever see Evil Dead one and two? No, like before that, so no. there's three. Army of Darkness is the third one. Okay. Um, and then Evil Evil Dead One is like more of a straight up horror movie in the cabin. Crazy stuff happens. 
and then Evil Dead 2 is is where they kind of get in the Army of Darkness territory where it's kind of funny and kind of like weird you know yeah. um, Army of Darkness is just Army of Darkness it's like one of my favorite movies ever but they did a new one it's just called Evil Dead and they made you think it was kind of a remake but what it is is just a continuation it's like more people go into this find this cabin and find the book and start causing kind of the same thing that's, that happens mm. and then at the end like Ash pops up and I was like oh man so dope even if it was just a remake it was so dope anyway yeah but um, what they're doing now is what the, well what they're trying to do is just make sequels to to movies that are kind of long gone you know yeah or, or movies from the 80s like kind of how like Fury Road is almost like a sequel to that yeah it's were, a different story yeah yeah there was so there's a director um, Neil Blomkamp who did um District 9. You ever see that? Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, and did like Elysium and stuff. That was a good movie too. So, he was supposed to do a sequel to Aliens. Not Alien 3 or... Was it Resurrection or whatever that horrible one is? Um, he was going to he was gonna do a sequel to... Straight from Alien, Aliens, and then his movie. Mm. It was going to act like Alien 3 and the other one didn't happen. Had all the... He was showing all his concept artwork. Sigourney Weaver was on board. Uh dude that played Hicks like everyone you know then uh, Ridley Scott popped his head in and was like I guess all butthurt about it because he wasn't involved and was like uh, well you have a contract with me over Fox or whatever and I want to make Prometheus Prome- yeah no what's the other one after Alien Covenant, Covenant. Yeah. so he's like well I want to make this and you have to you have to let me make this instead and so we lost that because Neil was like well Alien Covenant made like no money so that they lost confidence in his movie, and he was like, "Well, I'm I'm not dealing with this." They moved on to make a sequel to RoboCop. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was the next thing in line. He's like, "I'm making a sequel to the original RoboCop, not to not to RoboCop two or three, not to the remake, but to RoboCop." I'm like, "Dope. That's what we want to see." So they were they were trying to get um, Peter Weller back in as, as like RoboCop and stuff, and that was going going going. All of a sudden, and I hate this dude now because now he's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing it anymore." And they like they put like a new director, but Peter Weller was like talking all this shit and uh, going like, "Well, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. I don't know if it's up my alley." Meanwhile, this dude goes and records, uh, does KFC commercials as RoboCop. <laughs> I'm like, "You're such a dick, dude." But so I got, I guess I got my my RoboCop fill in somehow with like yeah. they made KFC. But there's like that thing going on where they're trying to like make sequels to to movies from years ago, like the new Bill and Ted. Yeah, you know yeah. Um, the new Matrix. I think yeah, oh yeah, they're making a new one. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what they did with the two new Halloween movies. The yes, two new Halloween movies. You're basically supposed to avoid anything after the first one. Really? Like yeah. all the reveals of him being her brother. It never gone. Happened. He's not her brother. He's just a crazy guy. Yeah, that new Halloween is dope. I don't know if you've seen it. I never really got into the Halloween movies. For well, actually, no, I saw it. Yes, didn't like it. You didn't like it? Oh man, I it was that. well because I mean they were very true to like uh, maybe like the '80s style of of mm-hmm. um, movie making. Yeah, where it was just like uh, I don't know for, for you know, and I'm being a I'm being a dickhead. I'm being yeah. a dickhead, right? Yeah. But like it was just too much. Where I'm just like, wait a minute, 
fucking come on you're not going to send a whole fucking school like why why is backup not showing up for these police officers <laughs> like when he says he's got like I, I'm saying I'm, don't yeah. be that guy exactly I, be, I was being that dude I was being that dude man so I mean the whole the That's whole the whole concept movie like where are the rest of the Avengers during this Spider-Man story you know I mean? bro I actually have a story about something like this really? I was watching oh, what the second Avengers movie or whatever with with an old roommate of mine and his friend was there and mm-hmm. this girl one of the worst people to ever watch a movie with. She, so you're watching it and then like Captain America's like, he like picks up his shield or whatever and it like magnetizes to his arm. Yeah, I remember that. And she goes, wait, how does he have that? What, like, how are they just not going to show and explain how he has like a magnet for his shield? And we were like, where? She's like, that ruins the whole movie for me. Like, I, I don't know why they can't explain that. And I'm like, yo, Tony Stark is like funding the Avengers like it's not beyond like you can't just accept that he has this now because maybe like why do you have to have that explained like yeah. someone gave it to him like it's cool but you're like, gonna accept that uh that Thor is is swinging a hammer around nobody no, nobody else can 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 pick up and right? and fly around and, and light control lightning it's it's the, it's the it's the it's the shield flip that's gonna turn you off the the, the magnetic thing on his arm that, <laughs> that actually makes sense like oh that's a cool she thing to do. Probably, probably, but it's just like, man, don't be that person where you're like. I know, and that's the thing. Like, I won't. I, I try not to be. And so, <laughs> if, if I don't, if I don't really like dig it, I'll just be like, yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. Man. Yeah, I mean that's fine, so, you know. Uh, but, I mean, I I'm sure there's things I'm like I watch sometimes and I'm like, what? But yeah. but yeah, that that new Halloween was great. Danny McBride wrote it, which is I, which I, blows I, my mind. I love Danny McBride, dude. Yeah, one of the Eastbound and dudes. down, dog. Um, and then. And then uh, what else are they? Oh, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. But yeah, Halloween's dope. Um, you make a sequels. Damn, I just yeah. Jack this up. This gonna be all edited yeah. out. Maybe we just uh, we just hit the end of the road on that one, man. We just hit the end of the road. I guess so. Just hit, just hit the wall. I think we need to talk a little bit about pro wrestling, right? Because we're like yeah. a pro wrestling themed podcast. Can I go pee real quick? No, dog. I think that's you gotta sit me there. Off. Yeah, go take a piss. Ugh. We're back. And I think we're actually going to talk pro wrestling now. Yeah, no more movie bullshit. Yeah, but uh, yo, I don't know if we 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 talked about this the last one. Who who uh, who broke you into the business? Oh man, uh, I guess that's kind of a loaded story, but not really. It's a good one. Really? Yeah, it was it was Tommy Wilson. I, you, I guess. you and him went to school together, right? Yeah, we went to high school together, and then um, we met because we both. I he's a he was a year older than me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And one of the only dudes there that was like super into wrestling. So we, of course we like linked up. I forget for like a, someone else we knew. Yeah. And then it was a situation where he was like, "Yo, I do like backyard wrestling or front yard wrestling in front of his house." And so he invited me to do that. And so we were doing front like yard front yard wrestling. wrestling in high school. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick, dude. Yo, I was man. It's it's one of those deals where you think that like you watch certain things like ECW. Like I had just gotten into ECW. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do this type of shit. And then even front yard wrestling, like that bullshit. I was like, no, I don't want to do this type of shit. <laughs> uh, but it, that, so it was that, and you know, Tommy like ended up going to UPW to train up there. And then I, I kind of like lost contact with him after high school, you know, because this was before cell phones and everything. What year did you graduate high school? 2001. Okay, you're right behind me. Um, so it had been a few years since I've seen him. And then I, I went to 
I had just discovered like indie wrestling because mm-hmm. I think one of my buddies told me something was going down in Lemon Grove at like a VFW. Um, and so I went to that show. Oddly enough, opens up with, or I think it opened up. One of the first matches though was Benny versus Scorpio Sky. And holy shit, I had never seen anything like that, and it blew my fucking mind, dude. Yeah, like yeah, like um, I think I think Sky, I still remember it. Scorpio Sky went to go do like a Hurricane Rana, and Benny like reversed them by like flipping him. I guess kind of making Scorpio do like a like a backflip and like face bumping him, like sitting down. It was one of the dopest things I've ever seen yeah. at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Tommy came out and wrestled some dude. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, that's Tommy. And so I, I was like, dude, what do I got to do? How do I learn how to wrestle? He's like, come with me to UPW. So I started going up. I started riding up with him to UPW. Oh, you actually trained at UPW? I did. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Um, I think about five or six months, I think. Uh, so I was like, that it was, was right around in, the time I turned 21, so like 2004. That was up in El Segundo? It was. So that's a far drive. It's not, it's not no easy drive. No. And I didn't have a car at that time. But I was riding with Tommy, and I can't remember his real name. But the guy used to, his name, his work name was Chance Montana. Sick. Um, and uh, so we would, so I'd go up there with them, and you know, learn from the like the Bowers taught us. It, it was kind of a weird situation because I never got consistent training from anyone because it was always they were always rotating people out. Mm-hmm. So like some days it would be Tom Howard, and then sometimes it'd be Frankie Kazarian, sometimes it'd be the Ballards, sometimes it would be. Um, hardcore kid but it was never consistent so were you, I was never learning I, like I felt person. like yeah so it wasn't like I was learning in a, in a consistent way so that kind of that kind of sucked but I ended up hurting my knee during training so I couldn't train anymore up there it just wasn't happening Um. so when I was looking back to train I just couldn't go up there anymore it was too expensive. It was 250 bucks a month, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Especially at that age. Yeah, I was trying that time frame, too. Yeah. A lot of money. And I was working at KB Toys. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have that much money. And then, so I forgot how I found out. I think maybe through, like, a lo- another local guy, a luchador. Um, his name is Abraham. Oh, what is it? Infernal, he wrestles as. He, he sucks ass. But... <laughs> He uh, he told me like, oh, there's this guy named Mike Rapata, okay, and he's got a school, or he's teaching people how to wrestle up in Oceanside. So I was like, dude, hit him up. He's like, yeah, come up. I went there with my friend Virgil, who also wrestled at Shinpei Row. Yeah, I know, I don't know Virgil. Yeah, um, we go up there, and he's like, started training us for free. And Mike Rapata was former NWA heavyweight champion. It was at a time when, you know, yeah, this yeah, wasn't yeah. as popular. Yeah, great mind, man. Like that dude could wrestle his ass off kind of out of his mind though and I mean even Devin will tell you this I heard stories um, he wanted to do wacky stuff that ended up you know we wrestled for him for a while that ended up not working out <laughs> for one reason or another but, I heard st- I've heard stories yeah but like you know Thrash that's where Thrash learn- learned up yeah, there and you're the one that got Devin. Thrash into it yeah because he used thrash. to come into KB Toys and somehow we started talking because he worked for his like stepdad's private investigation place um so he would always come in and get his his parking validated (laughs) and we started talking and became friends that way i was like dude come up 
a um, couple other guys like Gus. Well, I don't. He apparently already knew how to wrestle before then, but would come up there. Uh, Todd, Matt Twisted. That's okay. how I met. That's how I met Todd. Uh, listener of the show too. Yeah. Um, what up, Twisted? What up, Twisted? That's right. That's an inside joke. <laughs> All right. But that's how I met him. Uh, Mike Rapata's son was actually tag team with Todd. He was real good. Oh, who else? Oh, Trevor um, from Anchors Away. Mm-hmm. I can't Ryan remember. Stone. Ryan Stone. Yeah, Ryan Stone. <laughs> I still uh, think it's so funny because whenever I like I I don't know them as their like character names. You know, it's like yeah. Trevor and Andy. They're, they're Anchors Away. I, know, I always forget their what their names are too. Their work names, but you know, I was there at that time, and then I left, and then. I think that's when like Andy came, Davy Jones mm-hmm. came in the picture and stuff, and Mike would bury me to everybody, which is kind of funny. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I, and then so I didn't really wrestle for a while, and then I, um, so, and then, uh, but that's how I broke in. It was like through Mike and through UPW, and then I got like a, a chance to wrestle for NWA once in San Diego, and then I linked back up with Andy because he met me and discovered like that wasn't like the piece of shit that Michael Potter made me out to be. <laughs> And then I could actually kind of, I could actually work, you know. Um, and then I was wrestling for like New Wave, whatever. And then that ended. And then I wrestled for SoCal Pro. But but yeah, but Mike Rapata and then whoever was training at UPW, whoever was the yeah. trainer at UPW at that day of the week is, yeah. is who I learned from. That's, that's, I mean, that's like not an uncommon story to, you know, kind of people like, like, man, I just had to learn from whoever fucking showed up. Yeah. You know? Well, it was more like, I think I was... Uh, just from me personally, I was bummed out at UPW because it wasn't significant or, uh, excuse me, consistent. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like I was learning anything for a good amount of time to, to do it. It was like, okay, well, we're doing bumps this day or whatever, whatever. And the next day it's like, oh, we're doing uh, um, ch- chain wrestling. Okay, now we're going to do like this other crazy thing and then this and back to this. And I'm like, I... I only bumped like once in the last three months. Like, I don't even know how to really yeah. bump, you know? Um, but I learned so much from Mike. So much, dude. Would you say like more like, was like was it like psychology wise yeah. or? Yeah, more psychology and actual wrestling. He didn't drill us as crazy as like UPW would do. That was, that was the one consistent thing about UPW. They would run you into the ground with cardio and drills. Mm-hmm. And Mike was never about that. He's like, I want you to learn how to wrestle. Because I can cardio and drill you to the ground, but if you don't learn how to wrestle, you ain't worth a shit. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So, his like, dude, I learned so much from him. Um, but I, I got a, I just got a funny story about UPW. So, they did like a big show at the Grove is when they used to do like their big shows, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were on it. Um, one of the one of the main events was Ken Shamrock versus the Predator, Sylvester Sturkey. Sylvester Tur- Sylvester Turkey, and there was like a tables match with like the Ballards and I think Frankie Kazarian maybe or somebody I don't know it was like a crazy show so we get there then you have all the students get there and you, like you set up or whatever gotta pay them dues brother yeah um, that's the only time I ever paid dues <laughs> but, so I guess they didn't have enough sec- like security quote unquote security so they're like hey you guys have to be like our pseudo security, like on camera, whatever. No big deal, right? It's all a work. All of a sudden, they come come to the come to the back, 
because like the Ken Shamrock matches on with the Predator, and they go, well, so take Abbott is in the front row, and he's drunk and he's pissed off, and we think he's gonna try to do something like legit because he's been trying to get a match with Ken Shamrock, like a legit like MMA match, uh-huh. and Ken won't do it. So we're like, okay, so how does that figure in? Well, we don't have actual security, so you guys actually have to like hold him back. And what year was this again? I want to say 2004. I, I could be off a little bit. So it's a Tank Abbott that can still fight. He's not like an old man. He's like, probably... Like right out of WCW has only been like... Yeah, but yeah. He was still like able to, to throw down. Like he's not like... You know, you're not talking about like a broken down Tank Abbott. We're talking about a guy who could still throw haymakers. Yes. <laughs> Scary ass. Like no one wants to get punched by him. You know, no matter how much of a tough guy you are. So we're expected to, to be out there to like do that. And I'm like, well, this is nuts. Like, you know, 21-year-old Chris, don't give a fuck. I was a bouncer anyway. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. They're, but they're trying to, like, downplay. Like, oh, he probably won't do anything. He's, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's all at work, whatever. We go out there. He starts getting crazy. And then people are like, hey, stand back, stand back. And I'm like, yeah, back up. Like, don't do anything. Motherfucker goes, oh, yeah? <laughs> takes a swing at me. Oh. Good thing he was drunk. Because he missed me. Wide right. Dude. If I was maybe an inch forward, he would have got me. I felt the goddamn air from that thing. And that Damn. about knocked me out. Damn. And I just went, nope. And just like, walk <laughs> away, dude. Like in the middle of like, this whole show, I was like, yeah, not doing that. Not doing that. Um, so then they ended up, like they had like some actual security. I don't know what the deal was. But he ended up walking away, right? So I was like, cool. We go to the back. And then they tell me, hey, you got to go out there and bump for for the Predator because he wants to beat up people after the match. And I've, like, never never taken a bump in front of people, never really even done anything. So I go out there. He's bumping everybody. I go out there. He's about to. And I'm like, uh, and I just ran out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. That's a vet move. Yeah, That's bro. A I was better like, move. <laughs> and, I, and I tried to talk to him after. He did not, not want to talk to me. But whatever. What's the problem, man? Um, you know, you, you sold it. You, you you act like you were scared of him, and you ran out. Like, yeah, that, that's he was, what, he, oh wow, you just bump another motherfucker. Like, no, this guy was actually too scared because he saw what you were doing to everybody else. Yeah, makes like, sense to me. And I was like legit scared because it looked like he he's a big ass dude. Really? Yeah, and he was laying him in. So then after that, they go, oh, we come back. <laughs> oh, Tank Abbott's still here. Oh fuck. Okay, get security to kick him out. No, you guys are our security. Ugh, what the fuck, dude? Uh, so he's like in this hallway going crazy. But then at that point, it was he was working everybody. Like really? He was a lot of like, he wasn't trying to hit yeah. anybody and stuff. He was doing a lot of huffing and puffing. But boy, I was like, I'm not about to get fucking punched in the face by fuck Tank yeah. Abbott. Oh, fuck hell yeah. no, man. Or Sylvester Turkey. I don't care if it was worked or not. <laughs> that boy was laying people out, but. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have been in there I, uh, doing that. I was at a WrestleCade back in 2018, and I had a match on the Friday night show. It was like the show of champions or something mm-hmm. like that. And then I got on. I got into this battle battle royale on the Saturday night show. I knew the guy that was uh, booking it and doing the agent, being an agent for it. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, you want to be on there? Cool." And there was like Glacier. 
Uh, uh, Hurricane, no. Uh, uh, Hurricane was in there. Hurricane Helmsley. Like, there's like a lot of like big names, and there's like a lot of local guys and stuff yeah. like that. And then um, there was this. Uh, there's this cat. He works for Impact right now. I can't remember what his name is. Fala or something like that. Fala Ba. So he was gonna do like a yeah. like. First of all, Hurricane was gonna get chucked out immediately. Everybody was gonna like hoist him up and then throw him out. Mm-hmm. And then this Fala guy was gonna do like this fart thing where like he farts and like everybody like runs for the hills because like it smells so bad or some shit like that. He's like 340 pounds. He's a big like uh yeah, he's a big dude. Jeez. So I was and then um wrestling. And then he was like, Yeah, that's when we need a lot of people to clear out, right? We need a lot a lot of people to clear out and make some because it was man, this place was like packed. Yeah. Um so the guy that I knew, uh, his name's Devin, he goes, Hey man, just give a heads up, you might want to get out after the fart thing. I go, why? And he goes, uh, Sandman's coming out. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, he's bringing the cane with him. And I'm like, fuck that. I ain't getting fucking hit by yeah. no fucking cane, you know? Nope. And uh, anyway, so yeah, this is the fart spot happens. And uh, and here comes Sandman. And I was like, I'm out of here, dude. I'm not going to get hit by no cane. And uh, somebody asked me, they're like, why didn't you stay in, you know, and like get hit by the cane? And it's like, dude, because... One, I didn't really watch ECW when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I'm not like a huge mark being like, yeah, I gotta take a you know take a, a cane shot. Plus, I was like, dude, I'm not taking it. like I don't I don't know like how much he's been drinking, you know what kind of mood he's in. He's just gonna look at me like, who the yeah, fuck is man. this guy? And might might crack it over my head. So I was like, I'm out, dog. I'm I'm not taking I'm not gonna risk taking a shot to the face with a goddamn kendo stick. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't think I want to get hit by any of those ECW guys, man. As much as like, cause I I actually did like ECW in high school uh-huh. I found out about it by accident there's this dude Terry that I used to um, be friends with in high school he brought in some like magazines once wrestling magazines uh-huh. and he's like yo you gotta hear about this dude Taz I'm like no he's like dude this dude's sick whatever he's in ECW yada 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 and I was like what is this this isn't WWF <laughs> like this is crazy and then um, this, this was like around 98 and red hot dude, wrestling's red hot it's huge so we're over at my buddy's house one day and we see a commercial for Heatwave 98 for ECW and he goes yo like we got the black box so I can get that shit like we can watch it I'm like dude let's do it I'm like I heard ECW is the shit like this is the new thing we're like yeah hyped up so we watched ECW Heatwave 98 blew my ever loving mind dude. yeah blew my mind like that first match um, it was uh, I think it was was it Jerry Lynn versus Justin Incredible? Uh, I could be getting it wrong, but you seen Justin Incredible do a spinning tombstone off like I think he did it off like the turnbuckle. Oh no shit! And I was like, I've never seen anything like that before. That's if, gnarly. If the only thing you ever watched was WCW and WWF, you're never seeing stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then to see Rob Van Dam and and uh, Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki, crazy. Yeah, crazy, dude. And then you see Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz. Dude, Bam Bam so underrated, man. Bro, so underrated. He was so good. But this is the match where they go through the entranceway. Where, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where Taz like suplexes them and they mm-hmm. go through it. Holy shit, dude. My 16-year-old mind or 15-year-old mind at that time, blown. And all I want to do is like, I want to wrestle like them. Like them. <laughs> fast forward to learning how to actually wrestle I'm like I don't want to wrestle like that <laughs> cause like well, once you get smartened up you're like yeah I don't want to get hit with chairs and shit yeah fuck that like, shit like no way dude so there'd be no 
no, like I'm not trying to get hit by no cane. I've been hit by a kendo stick. It is the worst. And I will never do it again. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I always talk shit. Like I was like, I'm going to jump off the top rope. I'm going to do all this. Almost never leave my feet. <laughs> never got a turnbuckle or anything, man. Like, dude, you know what? No way. One of like the the fucking coolest fucking matches: Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. Oh yeah, dude, Bigelow just working his ass off to yeah, make man. Lawrence Taylor look good, man. Like, Bam, I remember Bam. watching that as a kid, just being like, dude. Lawrence Taylor looks awesome, and then I, you know, I grow up and I go, "Oh, Bam Bam Bigelow's awesome." Yeah, you know, yeah, that's that, that's that magic of pro wrestling that you'll only learn yeah. if you are. It's like a when pro I was wrestler. A, it's like when I was a kid, and I hate, you know, I hated Bobby the Brain. Yeah, he was a mother. He was a dick. Sherry Martell, fuck her. She's a she's a bitch. And then you grow up and you go, "Oh, I was their work." Like I was supposed to hate them. That's yeah. how good they were. And it's yeah. like. Yeah. You know, but man, I mean, I miss that, you know, like actually really hating people or liking well, people, you know? Well, you know what? I think now it's, it's hard. Cause I think we talked about this before. Um, I mean, last podcast, everyone nowadays, like no one wants to really kayfabe, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like this weird thing where people are too smart and they know about all this backstage stuff or whatever. And they're almost like more interested in that aspect of it than yeah. actually like the actual work of it. But then even the wrestlers too, like they don't want to, even keep going with their with their gimmicks or how they are on TV. So it's it's like I don't understand if you want me to believe that or not or like and well, that's kind of taking me out of wrestling. I think one of the the hardest things is yeah, like you want them to stay in character, right? Like even on like their social media, but you can't because once they try and stay in character on that social media, they're going to get called out, you know, for like some shit where it's like and then they have to apologize. You know, it's like you didn't see that shit back when we were kids. You know, yeah. like Ted, you know, DiBiase apologizing for like you know doing some dickhead shit. So it's just kind of weird. Like it's 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 a it's a it's really hard, like, especially if they force like if 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 WWE is forcing them to have like Twitter and and they have to post and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, know? I think like it's like you can still be a heel and not say stuff so offensively that you yeah, have maybe. to apologize. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, yeah. Because look at. Well, I was like, look at MJF, but the guy I was gonna reference, he stays a gimmick all the yeah, time. Yeah, and he's great, cool. man, and I, I love that dude. That dude, I think that dude's fantastic for being a heel. Like, I was like, damn, I hate this dude, but it's great. Like when he flipped off that, uh, what was it, like recently, he like flipped off a kid. Yeah, and people yeah. were offended. He made fun of Bret Hart for having a stroke, <laughs> and like he got away with it. And I'm like, I don't. Why is you know why don't more people try this? Like, well, I think it's because now everyone wants they don't want people to be who they are like it's it's rough man like I am more on the I'm not trying to get political or anything but I'm more on the progressive side of things mm-hmm. and so I you know I'm, I'm you know I understand where a lot of people coming from like saying offensive stuff but there's like this whole cancel culture thing that kind of goes too far mm-hmm. and that's what I think a lot of these dudes are afraid of yeah. of being heels and getting canceled out because they're afraid to like say certain things and it's like dude like I just, I, me personally, I'm not into wrestling like at all anymore because I don't believe any of these people are who they are. Yeah. You know? And that's for me, was like one of the magical things about wrestling is like to believe that this guy could kick this dude's ass or this guy is this person, you know? Mm-hmm. To believe Ted DiBiase really was a million dollar I'm man, sure you know? People make the difference between wrestling as an entertainment form and a movie. Like if you watch a movie, like the guy in the movie is not really a Nazi. 
Yeah, but, like, but, he but plays I, a Nazi in a movie really well. But, but I think because of that, like, but, wrestlers do that. But that, but that's the problem right there. They are doing that. Yeah. Because because you are because people are making that dif- that difference now. Because back in the day, you didn't know that you, you really thought that Sergeant Slaughter really betrayed America, and you really yeah. thought that that dude was like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh no, I'm I'm a character. I'm playing a character. Yeah. So don't hold me accountable for any of that stuff. And it's like. Could you still be portray that outside of that? You know, and here's 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 one example of uh, of that. Uh, Lacey Evans, shout out to Lacey. She was way cool to me at my tryout. But uh, remember when she did the thing with the Canadian police officer? She got like acted like she got pulled over, and she pulled out her phone and was like talking kind of shit to him. Like, don't you know who I am? Like, yeah, I want to leave this. She got a she got a punch of shit for that. Um, and then she had to go online and write like an apology, basically saying that she was like, a, you know, she's former military police and all that kind of stuff. I saw it. I'm like, this is a work. This is a work. It's her character. It's just, it's just that crazy thing, you know. She's trying to do an angle. She's trying yeah. to like keep that character going, but you know, it, it's, it's just a. And who knows, man? Like, if this social media was back around in the day, they might not, you know, those people might not, uh, you know, the the. The wrestlers from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties mm-hmm. might not be able to pull that shit off either, man. Well, maybe. I mean, I think the internet kind of ruined wrestling. Fuck yeah. yeah. The Undertaker would be laughed out of the building if it debuted today. Well, I mean, he's still doing that same thing. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, he would have never taken off like he did. Oh yeah. Because like, Pete would have seen the game for the first time and been like, "Well, that's stupid." I'm well, dealing with that. I'm kind of on. I'm not on the team Undertaker. I kind of still. I think that gimmick. Just any I, gimmick. What well, gimmick you like? No, no, no. I mean, like. When, no, I'm not saying like when he first came out like that you know that was scared as shit I was like damn this is scary yeah. but once you turn to the biker and leave that alone like don't go back to that but yeah. that's like a different conversation yeah. but um, you know it's like I'm, I'm bringing it back to MJF because when he flipped off that kid and people were complaining about it yeah. Cody had his back and was like well what did you expect Yeah, like the dude is like this on TV what did you think he was going to do? Like, I'm not going to make him apologize for that. Yeah. Because that's that's what he that's who he is. And I, like, I, I applaud him to stick into his guns. Yeah. Being like, I ain't going to apologize. And and I think you're right though. A lot of that is are there people in in the company like WWE or whatever who are like, no, we don't we don't want you to to be this person 24 seven. So like, because we don't want to get heat with our sponsors, mm-hmm. and we're like this family thing kind of what or whatever they're doing now. I don't know. It just for me, man. It's just like I watch WWE and I'm like, I don't believe any of this shit. Yeah, I always find myself like watching older stuff and being way more. And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, back in the day. It's just for some reason, man. It's just that's my genre, right? Yeah. You turned on Transformers from like, you know, the original cartoon. I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is my shit right here. You know, it's like that's what I grew up on. You know, so yeah. I don't know. You know, I guess it's just maybe it's evolution of of the of the business or something like that well yeah but I think people are they just know too much yeah but then again it's like why do you have to play into that like why do you have to feed into their into their knowledge like as as much as people think they know about wrestling they don't know shit oh yeah big time man like Dave Meltzer don't know shit like he thinks he does how many bumps he take zero like you don't know shit until you've been in there like I don't know shit about WWE Mm -hmm. I don't know things I hear but I remember one time I was listening to Meltzer on a podcast. I don't know if it was his podcast or something like that. And he was talking about Ronda uh, Rousey, who you know she did great considering like the the amount of time she was in the business and the you know the training that she had. She did great. Yeah. And I remember he made a comment like, "Well, if it was me, I would have sold it like this." 
And I'm just thinking like, well, fuck get you. the fuck out of yeah. here. Like if it was you, you would have sold it like this. Like in that, uh, you know, circumstance, the, you know, you would have known exactly how to react. Like get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, like bro, like you don't know cause you never done it and yeah. you never will. So don't, so, you know, it's <sighs> that, that dude gets under my skin like that stuff like that journal because I feel like that wrestling journalism is is responsible for a lot of like how wrestling is now oh and yeah like how people think they know everything yeah and like um but uh, I you know I loved I, so late 90s right you had the internet but it was it wasn't very like much going on on the internet and I didn't know anything about dirt sheets and you know what? Thank God I didn't. Yeah, me neither. Because that made it, that made watching Monday Night, you know, Nitro Raw that much better. Yeah, that made it that much better. Like I didn't have internet till I was like twenty three or something crazy. Like legitimate internet yeah. with a computer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just, you know, it's like these. It's funny because I was I I used to listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast and even mm-hmm. um, uh, Bruce Pritchard, mm-hmm. and they were. They have a very good understanding, a very good thing they agree on is that Dave Meltzer don't know anything he's talking about because they'll, because you know they'll do the thing where they'll talk about like, hey, Dave Meltzer said this about this week, and he's like, how could he even unknown that? Yeah, he's like making shit up. He's yeah. like, this literally like, there's no way. Like, think about it. How would he know these certain things? There's no way he could have. He makes up shit, and he goes, well, sources say, and when you do that, you can say sources say, oh, Anybody. oh, but the plans changed. Yeah, like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you know, whatever though. I mean. He is what he is. He's made his lane. Give five stars. What the fuck ever, man. But I just think that 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 type of dude is responsible for a lot of how wrestling fans think because they go by his gospel. Mm -hmm. And that I'm not. That makes me not want to be around wrestling because a lot of people think like that. Um, Wrestlers included. We're the biggest marks. We're the biggest marks. Dude, we're the worst marks, man. The worst, dude. The worst. It always, it always like, I always cringe when I know guys, and I see them outside of like wrestling, and they're still using like the lingo. You know what I mean? Like mark, uh, pop for that, a mark for that. So yeah, like, yeah. Motherfucker, we're at. I'm at dinner with my fiance. Like, why are we talking this weird, this weird shit? You know, Carney. That's always been me though. I was always just, just be like. You know the fans liked it or whatever, and so they marked out like whatever. But um, but I was trying to watch. We were talking about like the older stuff, right? I saw like my friend sent me a promo video they did for NXT, the In Your House. Uh huh. And it had it was mixing in like old In Your House footage, like Kane and stuff. Mm -hmm. And dude, I was like, man, I feel like I liked. I don't want to use the word like that looked better, because it's all subjective, right? I just feel that I liked the older WWF stuff more and it looked I, I like more less choreographed stuff because it looks more realistic mm-hmm. it looks more like a fight yep and as but as like goofy as some of the stuff is to me it looked more authentic than when I watched NXT you know last you know what it, it's it's for I guess it's for where wrestling fans are now I'm not one of those people and I was bored out of my goddamn mind. Like I couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Like all the all the super kicks and slaps, like thigh slaps, kill me. Like it's just not for me. I'm not trying to take away anything from them. Everyone's no. great, athletic opinion. as fuck. Like whatever. I just like I just at, at this point where I'm not into what is on TV right now or on 
the network or you whatever. Like modern wrestling has become. No, Here, no. I agree with a lot of that because I watch stuff sometimes and like. This first match is the same as the fourth match, and that wasn't what it used to be. Well, you know, like Gargano versus Ciampa. Like, I think Tommaso Ciampa is great. I would be careful saying this. I'm not saying that. I, I'm not. I just. I'm not into Gargano. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he could ever win a fight. Just like looking at him, he's in phenomenal shape, phenomenal athlete. No, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, yeah. I, I feel like Thomas O'Chapa could whoop some people's asses. Stan Hansen comes charging into the ring. You think he's going to fuck everybody up. If you see, if let's say theoretically there was a match, and, and you, let's say you had never watched wrestling before. Yeah. And you see Stan Hansen get in the ring, and you see Johnny Gargano <laughs> go up against him. Who do you think is going to, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You got a wild man whipping the Japanese fans with a rope on his way to the ring. You know he's he's out of control. Well, You're gonna yeah. like, yo, know, that motherfucker came to fight. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, when I look at certain people, I want to believe that, like, damn, this dude can whip people's asses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I just don't buy into Gargano. But I'm also think that has to do with I'm not, you know, I get a lot of people uh, really like him. It's like kind of like that indie darling shit. But yeah. to me, it's just like you wrestle just like every under. It just to me is like every other indie wrestler. You know, I just wish there was something there that made me like him. I don't. I'm not trying to bury him because he's making he's in WWE NXT people think the world of him it's just not for me yeah but I think gone are the days where you can look at two people and be like that's a that dude looks like he could like I believe that guy could kick someone's ass yeah. you know well here's the, here's the, the interesting thing that um, you brought up that I agree with you is that you know the older stuff when we were kids when we were in high school you know the attitude era all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that shit was raw and I'm not just talking about the wrestling in the ring. You know, the, the the wrestling in the ring was good. It was crisp, but it also looked dirty. Yeah. You know, it looked like, you know, a real fight. But also, the whole, th- you know, Raw back in the day where it just had the black Titantron, you know, the, and, the, and the plain entrance. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't about the setting. It was about the motherfucker coming through the curtains, you know. It's like that with... Um, reality tv remember when reality tv first started and how raw it was remember the real world you know like the real world was like a good show and then people get a hold of it and they go wait a minute this worked for the last episode let's change let you know like or the last season let's get this guy the Mm -hmm. the antagonizer you know like the person who's going to stir up some shit you know and it just becomes not real anymore and now they're like trying to you know get people to to act a certain way or say stuff it's like I remember I was backstage one time and they were just shooting um, the Miz's reality TV show Mm -hmm. right and it was totally it was totally choreographed oh 100% in the back and it was like that's not what reality TV show used to be you know remember Tough Enough back in the day yeah first one the first or second one yeah it was real raw and gritty and then you watch like when they try to revamp it it was like yo this isn't what like it was a weird yeah because yeah, they, they try to make it too perfect and well, then you lose that magic that it had whenever you start introducing money into the equation and these things make money yeah then that's when you start getting people getting their hands in it and wanting to make it like a formula or like formulaic just like with movies you know like all the 80s movies are great because they had like no one was afraid to make things now you would never get a movie like the Goonies yeah or like Monster Squad or yeah. Robocop I didn't yeah. mind even like Terminator yeah you know there's like not any original things and so as soon as these things start making big money then that's when people are like oh we gotta follow like a formula it has to be like this you know yeah. and that's the same thing with like WWF 
Like once it hit the Attitude Era and started making huge money and started becoming this global thing, it's like a big budget production. Yeah. And so it gets watered down and you it becomes it like, yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. It's like all polished. It like lost, yeah. for me anyways, it lost a lot of the of that rawness and that grittiness that made it what it was, yeah. man. And, it, you know, it's it's sad, bro. Because like I, I, like, I love going to to that one show. I, I really don't go watch wrestling at all uh-huh. i don't go out of my way to do it but i went to ground zero that one time we took yeah, a picture off i forget what that was yeah i had a great fucking time that's awesome like it was great to watch it was entertaining as hell there was some things i didn't care for mm-hmm. whatever but you know there's something about that type of wrestling where it's not or indie wrestling at that level it's not as polished and not how it is on like I would say like NXT, you know what I mean? Like that's WWE all the way. It's just like a, a more relaxed version of what it is. But, um, I just feel like, you know, watching some of this stuff now, it's just hard, man. It's just hard for me. And it sucks. Cause I want to like it. Like, I really, I really want to like, like a lot of stuff I see. It's hard, man. You know, what's uh funny. It just popped in my head was, you know, when we were kids watching Raw, there was stories within stories, right? Yeah. They would, you know, the big story, that would lead to the pay-per-view. But then there were stories within, you know, the, the episode of Raw, you know? Yeah. But remember that time we booked that that one uh, SoCal Pro show? Oh, it was great. Oh, my God. So this Look, show. Stuff was just happening. Dude. So it was uh, Chris, myself, Idol, Jeff Dino. I forgot who else was Tommy? there. Tommy? Tommy might have been there. Yeah. I feel like Tommy was. And for Chris, were, Chris and I were on the same page. I remember that because we were like, let's just like, you don't want any breaks in the show. We were like, let's first match leads into the second match leads into the third match. Like, obviously you're going to have uh, a pinfall, but it's going to lead into the next match. You know, there was no breaks. There was no breaks. And we're just like going off like, yes, this is going to be sick. You know, we're just thinking of all these things like, okay, first match, this guy wins. Second, you know, uh, whoever's in the second match comes out, beats up on so and so, leads to his opponent coming out. It's like straight up, you know, ninety-eight raw. Yeah, you know, it was it, sick. It wasn't like any kind of like crazy brain surgery. It wasn't like this genius thing. It was like real simple stuff. So simple. And we just were tired of doing the same old shit. And so we were trying to figure out how to like get some life into it. Yeah, and keep, do something keep it up. New. And it was. It was cool that everyone was kind of like on that same page about that. Yeah. What everyone was worried about was like the execution of it because, uh, you know, ideas ahead of time are always fucking genius. You know, always going to work out until you have to have that, they actually have to happen. Yeah. And dude, I... It worked that night. Dude, it did. It did. Every every single beat, everyone was on. Everything was great. The crowd was hot the whole night. It was One sick. of the funnest nights I ever had, or had there. Did that ever happen again? No. Nah. But it was, you know, it's funny is because uh, so we had this envision like, yo, we want the crowd to not even know that they've already watched four or five matches, yeah. right? And then you have your intermission, and then you have two more. I don't know, whatever. And I read uh, like SoCal Uncensored had like a review guy there, and that's what he wrote. He goes, before I know it, it was it was uh, it was intermission because they, you know, there was constant storytelling going on throughout this whole show. And I was like, that's what we were going for, man. It was so sick. Yeah, too, man. man. And I, you know, I think the problem with uh, with monthly shows like that is that everyone tries to book them like they're on TV. 
Yeah. There, but no, but everyone forgets that they're once a month and not once every week. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why you have to do things like that. Like we did that night mm-hmm. because you have to like keep everyone's attention and make them want to be there. Cause let's be realistic. Who remembers really what happened the month before? I mean, there's a lot of fans who are there every month, but that's like a small percentage versus like, you can't presume that they remember what they saw. Exactly. And that's what I always try to like communicate. And you know, it was that you have to act like people don't know what happened the month before. So you yeah. have to figure out some way to reintroduce or whatever, or, or if they've never seen anybody, like make sure they know who's who. And like, you know, like who's a, who's a heel, who's a face. Yeah. That's in between bullshit. You know, everyone does everything, whatever. I actually don't even remember what I did that night. I don't remember what I did, but I remember, I remember the whole show. It was, it was fun as shit. Yeah. It was fun as shit. And it, you know, the way we planned it, it went off. The crowd reacted to it just like we wanted them to. Yep. It was awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. That was I, too bad. That was the only time. I think it yeah. was like one other like booking meeting for that. I'm not trying to bury anything. But, yeah. No. You know, it was just like, it didn't. But it's also funny because like that's also something you have to learn. Yeah. As a wrestler is you, you have this, in, in, this storyline envisioned in your head and you want to get so detailed with it and all that kind of stuff. But you then you have to realize and you have to learn that, hey, man, you have 10 minutes once a month. Yep. To, to get your storyline across because I remember this one uh, student um, he, he was just starting to wrestle and he was going to get into a feud with like another student and he came to me with the storyline and I'm like yeah dog like that's great that you're thinking like that but here's the thing you have 8 to 10 minutes once a month yeah you think you're going to get all that detail into a match or into your storyline you know, like you can cut promos all you want and put them on YouTube, put them online, and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? Those things get don't get too much, too many views. Nah, no one cares know? about that. They want to see what is at that show at that time. Those are the yeah. people you got to worry about. Is, yeah, is the people in the audience at that time? But you know, like I think we all did that before, though. Oh yeah, it was, we all want to be like the most important person on the show, like or not most important, but everyone wants to have a storyline because everyone thinks it's all like. You watch WWE and everyone's like, I want to have like this compelling thing. And it's like, yeah. no, nah, man, just go out there, wrestle, do your match. And then eventually, if you're good enough or you meet the right person, they'll put you on and maybe do some stuff with you. Yeah. You know, and it's even hard when you're in like a more prominent position at the, especially at like a once a month place to even have people remember what happened the month before and whatever. I mean, SoCal Pro was good because they had that screen and mm-hmm. then we kind of do like the recaps and stuff, which was cool. But they'd always like get on me for not doing like YouTube stuff. I'm like, no one watches that bullshit. No one. No one's gonna like let me do a promo here. I always wanted to do promos in person. I only got to do like yeah. one or two. I thought they always went well, considering I'm not like a real promo guy. Mm-hmm. But the ones I did, I thought were effective. And I never did any like YouTube self promotion for myself, which maybe in hindsight, maybe maybe would have been bad. But I don't know. But you know, it's. It's really a thing that people need to understand, though, is that people go to watch the wrestling show and not individual wrestlers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very rare that anyone's a draw these days. There's very few people, especially when there's so many of the same guys on all the same shows. Yeah. So people need to be a part of the show and do what's right for the show to run smooth. Yes. And, and I always felt like our best shows at SoCal Pro was when everyone was on the same page as that and not trying to be the main event all the time or trying to be like trying to be a macho steamboat exactly you know, yeah. you know? like when when you know your place and you understand that you're part of a bigger whole like 
the 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 pie is great as long as someone else doesn't take a piece out of it you know yeah you know well, so. no, that's, that's, I you know one of the worst things you can do is do everything the first match so you know like if you got false finishes you got fucking uh, hot comeback you know double down you got all this stuff and it's like well what the fuck did you leave the rest of these sh- these people that have to have to go on after you yeah. and then and then they go well they better figure it out that's not my problem well, yeah, you know they got to work harder thing. and it's like motherfucker like you just took everything yeah you just took everything from them so you, know, you did a dive to the outside not just one you did three yeah. you know you did a goddamn superplex all the it's just at sometimes sometimes you have to tone it down because you're like hey this isn't the right thing to do yeah on the, this spot on the card well yeah what well, to that point though i feel like there are shows that there is a place for that yeah oh yeah right like pwg yeah it's always been that spot and that's i think what everybody tries to mimic now yes but no one understands that there's that's not the right thing to do at every single place yes like socal pro was always a very like crowd interaction like you know, like uh, I, hate, I hate saying old school, but it was more like yeah, they wanted could, they wanted crowd interactions. Yeah, yeah, you you can you can get farther there story on gimmick. Line. They want a little bit more storyline. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like you can get more you can get more across in your gimmick than you can wrestling there. You know, yeah. I think that's why. You know, I I would do my entrance and all that shit, and I'd get more of a reaction. And I wouldn't do anything yeah, than cool. most people that would. That that just took up two minutes of the of our of our time. Right, <laughs> your entrance exactly, dude. We're gonna have an easy match because well, now we have to do anything. Fuck well, it, let's go home. But you know, there was a there was a perfect example, and these guys are some of the best wrestlers on earth. Mm-hmm. It was because I see the sign behind you. It was T.J. Perkins and Scorpio Sky were on the show, uh-huh. and I I forgot who tried to tell him was like, hey, like. The stuff you guys do, it's going to be phenomenal, but you have to like interact with the crowd. You have to like do like that old school kind of hokey shit. And I'm pretty sure it was TJ versus Sky. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and did like this awesome match, but they didn't yeah. interact with anyone and it was just like silent. So they came back thinking, like, what did we do wrong? Whatever. And it was like, you guys had like a great match, but it wasn't the great match for this place. Like, you, you could. You have to work smarter, not harder here. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can get a, you can get across a lot more to these people by just talking shit to them or by like just being cheesy with them. You know, like working that gimmick. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, that match would have killed at like I don't know at Ground Zero. You know, yeah. it's perfect for that. Or I'm not even saying like I mean Ground Zero has some like gimmick stuff too. So I'm not even I think that's a bad example. But like that match is like a pure athletic, like New Japan style, like dope ass, like PWG match, and it just didn't work. Yeah, SoCal Pro, yeah. and that's not taking away anything from anyone. It's just like you got to know what your crowd is and what to do, yeah. when to do it. Um, you know what? With that, I, I Rich Swan told me that one time when I was doing uh, extra work. He was talking to uh, Fidel and I, and that's what he brought up was you got to know. You gotta know your crowd. Yep. Uh, you know, it's. A, I think I'm gonna tell like this last story. I think we gotta start wrapping it up. We yeah. uh, we've been going for a while, dog. Yeah, man. I can go longer too. It's just that it's getting late. Right. But I I, I had a huge uh, learning experience one night. I, I it was my first show at AWS up in LA, and it was a lethal lottery show. Right. So I I you know this this match is online, and 
it's a legit shoot. Like they, the crowd picks out the names prior to the show, mm-hmm. and the first two names are the first singles match, and then the next four names are the next, the second tag match, all that kind of stuff. I got matched up. Benny and I did a tag against uh, Kikitaru and uh, Tornado. <laughs> so one, of, by the way, f- such a fun match, such a fun yeah, match. Because you really got to like, you got to scramble to get this match together. That you know, the the higher up on the card, yeah. or you know, I'm sorry, if you're first, second, third match. You got to scramble because you don't know who your opponent is until the show begins, basically. Um, so after my match, I think we went up second. And after the match, you know, I, I want to watch. I, I like to watch the other matches. And there was a six man that got pulled. Um, and I, I think I have this correct. It was uh, SoCal Crazy, uh, Chris Cadillac, and Jake Atlas. Mm-hmm. I believe they were one team. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I messed this up. Okay, it was. I'm just. Gonna, I'm gonna say because I can't remember the exact teams, but I, I remember the order that they came out. So it's a six man tag. First two guys come out. It's uh, Nestor and who's SoCal crazy and a guy named Steve Tracio. He's from uh, up north. I can't, I can't remember how to say his last name. Nice guy, good guy. Tresario? something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But anyway, so they go out. They do some chain wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And Steve is keeping up with Nestor. We both know how good Nestor is, especially in chain wrestling. Yeah. And they get a little golf clap, you know? A little, you know, it's, it was nice. It was good what they did. Yeah. Next up, you know, they tag out. Here comes Hector Canales. And yeah. he's doing, like, his Exotico character. Yeah. And, and then he's working Che, uh, Latino meat. And man, yo, they don't do shit. Yeah. Hector works his gimmick. Che is reacting to it. So basically it's kind of uh this exotico character is kind of kind of a uh you know a homosexual character, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of like trying to like touch Che, you know, like whenever they lock up, he'll do like a go behind and he'll kinda of like grind on him a little bit like that. But anyways, and, and, and you know, Che's reacting to it like, hey, you know, I'm not cool with this. The crowd went crazy. Yeah. The crowd is going crazy. They are not even wrestling. They're just working the crowd. They're they're working these gimmicks and the crowd is going nuts. And I'm like, holy shit, like Hector's killing it right now because of this character. So then uh they tag out and Jake Atlas and Chris Cadillac jump in mm-hmm. and they do a real, you know, high spot, a lot of flips, you know, um reverses, all that kind of stuff. And they get like a nice little golf clap, you know, a nice little golf clap out of mm-hmm. it. And I was like, man, that's a huge, that's, that's a lesson right there. Yeah. You know, you, you, whoever didn't just watch this, they just missed out on like learning a lesson because the guys that did the least amount of wrestling got the most reaction yeah. out of it. And that's something I remember I heard like, uh, was it Raven? I think on Stone Cold's podcast say the least important thing in professional wrestling is the wrestling. Yeah. You know? For sure. You work your character, you get your five moves in, and uh, and then you, you go home, you know? But that was a huge lesson that I learned that night. I witnessed it, and it was it was good. And I wanted, like, I kept telling, put, I put Hector over to, like, everybody I talked to after that. I was like, yo, you got to get his character down here. You got to book him here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he, like, retired, like, not too long after or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I don't know. He's a good guy. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah nice guy. That's cool. But anyways, man, we've been talking for a long time, dude. Yeah, bro. Just getting deep conversation about wrestling. Dude. What uh, what do you want to put over? Uh, just put over my Instagram. Go for it, dog. 
Chris Terry draws, posting up stuff. I'm working on something I can't talk about right now. It's like a legitimate thing. You can, like, off, you can tell me off. Yeah. Off um, so my Instagram is kind of bare right now because I can't post any of the stuff I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I do have my Detective Cobra Cop minifigures coming out that I did with Yuma. Mm-hmm. So it's my character. Yuma did like the little design and sculpt of, uh, of the toy and he's making them. So it's our collaboration. Uh, we're going to be having those for sale soon and we're donating the money from those. So all the proceeds from that are going to a charity of our choice. Uh, probably going to have to do with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um, or one of those. We're going to yeah. figure it out. Uh, but that'll be pretty soon. But, but that's about it. So, Is there a, that other thing you were uh, d- d- donating um, your artwork or if somebody donates and they, they oh you yeah. Up? Um, I do have plenty of that on there. Uh, or do still have plenty of artwork. So if you go on my uh, on my Instagram, you'll see a post. Um, it'll have a link. I think the link is still in my yeah, the link still in my profile. It was like the N N double A C P, right? Well, I just put that was on Facebook. Oh, okay. it was just like that. I kind of just put a donation button to make it easy. But yeah. If you click on the link, it has different organizations you can donate to. If you donate thirty dollars and show me that you've actually donated the thirty dollars to one of these organizations I mean you could be any of these organizations as long as as long as it aligns with like Black Lives Matter and what's going on right now um, you could choose from one of my original pieces of art that I have listed in this post if you donate more I think it was like $70 I've, I have bigger items bigger pieces of art um, I, hope yeah. you, I hope you cross off that Vader drawing oh yeah oh, dude I totally forgot to even bring it yeah, that's mine should reminded me that's mine guys <laughs> but that's off yeah. the list so there's that. That's my, you know, my way of trying to contribute to something I believe in. Um, and hope, you know, and if you do great, if not, that's great too. But, uh, but yeah, just keep an eye out on my Instagram. It's Chris Terry draws. My Twitter is Chris Terry art. Not posting much art on there these days, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you keep track of that too. Um, but that's it. Just keep your eye, eye on the sky for me. And then eventually you'll see more. And look out for that wedding in 2021. Good morning. <laughs> um, cool, man. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, go ahead and uh, follow us on Hogsman Pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter at Hogsman Pod. Go to our YouTube channel. Um, go to, I don't know, we have a website. It's called Hogsman Pod, right? Something like that. Hogsmanpod.com. Uh, Listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you to Ten Barrel Brewing, Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer. What's up? Thank you to Level Up Pro Wrestling for letting us use their uh, facility to do this podcast and also letting me train here. I appreciate that. And uh, I think that's about it, right, guys? Uh, Oh, don't ever forget, fuck Andy Brown. Fuck Andy Brown. Yeah, got to get that in there. And uh, that's about it. I think so. So, appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Appreciate uh, Chris Terry, aka Destro, <laughs> aka Amazing Web, Jeez. aka what's the what's the Irish gimmick you had? Oh, Chris the Hammer O'Grady. Yeah. Appreciate you having on, bud. Thanks for uh, yeah. filling in. Yeah, appreciate for, uh, uh, Devin not being here so I could be here. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he is, but we'll I'm be sh- back next week. I, I think he'll be back next week. But anyways. Thank you, and uh, if you think you're going to get the tip, you got to take the whole hog. Adios.